What's happening, weirdos? This is the hilarious Tim Heidecker from Tim and Eric. Awesome show. Great job. Great job? Well, he does a great job. He's incredible. He's so funny. We had a really fun time. Uh, I recall insulting him about Bob Dylan. And uh, it's a hoot. It's a hoot. It's a hoot. And I want to get to it as quickly as possible. If you like the show, want to support the show, try a Pete's Pick. These aren't just random ads. These are things we actually use and actually love. And we have a new one. How about a three-for-one New Year's resolution for you? We can reduce food waste, save time on grocery shopping, and eat more fresh and delicious food. Too good to be true? Do you say? Is that is that what you're saying? Think again and try Imperfect Foods. Imperfect Foods is a grocery delivery service offering an entire line of sustainable groceries that taste delicious and reduced waste just by embracing the natural imperfections in food. You know how food sometimes it doesn't a lot of it gets thrown away or it can't sell because it looks a little funky, but it tastes wonderful. That's what they're all about. Visit imperfectfoods.com to see if they deliver in your area. And once you sign up, you can personalize your weekly grocery order with fresh seasonal produce, pantry staples, and yummy snacks. Plus, your order will arrive on the same day each week, making it easy to build a stress-free routine. On average, Imperfect Foods customers save six to eight pounds of foods with every order. You're saving six to eight pounds of food waste. That's incredible. And unlike on-demand delivery companies, Imperfect delivers weekly by neighborhood, which is a unique model that produces 25 to 75% fewer emissions than individual trips to the grocery store, which I think is incredible and cuts down on me personally, my guilt for using grocery delivery services. I love that they figured that out. Plus, say goodbye to packaging guilt. Imperfect Foods is the only national grocery delivery company that makes it easy to return your packaging after every order again, which is incredible. I think it is so stupid uh, that we don't eat food because a potato takes some goofy left in the middle of it. Who cares? It's delicious. Cook it. Eat it. I'm always, Val and I are looking for more ways to get fresh, wonderful, sustainable produce into our diet. And if you can save money and reduce waste while you're doing it, that is an incredible, incredible triple win. So right now, Imperfect Foods is offering our listeners 20% off, 20% your first four orders when you go to imperfectfoods.com and use promo code WEIRD. Again, that's 20% off your first four orders. That's up to an $80 value at imperfectfoods.com. Offer code Weird. So when it says promo code, put in weird. Show your support of the show. Get some good veggies. Get some good produce. Get it in your life. Get it in your face and help the planet. I think it's beautiful. Join the movement at imperfectfoods.com and use code weird. Secondly, we love it. I'm wearing it right now. I just recorded an episode with Reese Darby, which was awesome. That'll be out soon. And I had my Apollo on clear and focused. Do you guys know this by now? We talk so much about our Apollos on the air. And honestly, I'm talking about my Apollo all the time in my life. Apollo Neuro is a wearable technology. You wear I wear it around my wrist. Val wears hers around her ankle. Uh, I have friends that do both. I like wearing it on my wrist. It helps you relax. It helps you sleep. It helps you focus. It helps you be more productive. 
by giving your nervous system gentle, soothing vibrations that train you to recover and rebalance after stress. It is basically a wearable hug for your nervous system that uses touch therapy to help you feel safe and in control. The comparison I give it to people when I'm talking about it in real life is I say, it's like finding the control panel to your nervous system. It's incredible. And when you're feeling overwhelmed, when you're feeling stressed, when you're feeling tired, or when you're having a hard time falling asleep, or a hard time meditating, or a hard time relaxing, or, or focusing, it's like finding a way to communicate to your body where you might not have had one before. Uh, it's a wearable tech, sends vibrations into your body. They're basically sub-perceptual. I set mine to about 30%. You can barely feel it. You can set it even lower and it still works, so it's not something you're going to notice. But Apollo Neuro actually trains the nervous system to cope with stress better over time. The more you use it, the better it works. It's not woo-woo, as I always say in these ads. It's developed by a neuroscientist and a board-certified uh, psychiatrist who have been studying the impacts of chronic stress in humans for nearly 15 years, David Rabin, who did this podcast, if you want to listen to that episode and hear more. Apollo's effects on stress, sleep, cognitive performance, and recovery have been proven in multiple clinical trials and real-world studies. In fact, there's a new one coming out about cognitive performance specifically that I'm very excited about, meaning the clear and focused setting is really helping people uh, when you're trying to study, when you're trying to create 10% off is an incredible deal at Apollo Neuro, A-P-O-L-L-O-N-E-U-R-O.com slash weird for 10% off and show your support of this show. Honestly, there is no Pete's Pick that I have gotten more of my friends into. Lots of us are rocking Apollos, and I'm so glad I did because when I'm faced with a situation that is stressful uh, or after a situation that's stressful, it's so nice to have something that you can do, something that is practical and effective that you can do, so it has truly changed our lives. We love it. Last but not least, let me check what I'm wearing. Oh, it's like, I guess these are like baggages that would be on your luggage after you fly to different cities. These are cool. The, these are my me undies that I'm looking at right now. My me undies. Valerie and I love me undies. I heard about it on another podcast. But we tried it, and we are all in. Is someone you love in a relationship with somebody who tells them the same joke over and over? Or are they with somebody who has the audacity to starfish the bed? Now be honest. Is this somebody you? Look, relationships are not perfect. That's why MeUndies is celebrating our perfectly, our perfectly imperfect or our imperfectly perfect matches with their Valentine's Day collection. Valerie and I... I'm, I, I'm not ashamed that I rock the me undies that correspond with the closest holiday, and I am definitely doing that with the Valentine's Day collection, which I love. Valerie also has because we are members uh, of, their, of their subscription, so we get these sent to us in the mail, which I love. I look forward to them a little bit more than you would think I do because they're so fun. Val and I both did a complete t top to tails uh, overhaul of our underwear because we realized we were grown people. We deserve to have good underwear that feels great and looks great. So we are completely in. Gifting underwear for Valentine's Day? Groundbreaking. But gifting matching underwear for you and your significant other? 
Now we're talking. Express your one-of-a-kind relationship when you match your bottom half to your better half in fun, limited-edition prints. If you're single, mingle in matching pairs with your friends or fam. You can even get dog hoodies or buddy bands to match your four-legged BFF. Be sure to check out all of MeUndies' super cute and super soft undies, socks, bralettes, loungewear, and more available in sizes extra small to 4XL. And MeUndies has a great offer for our listeners for the weirdos. For a limited time offer, get 25% off your first order of matching pairs for Valentine's Day. And as a first-timer, you also get 15% off and free shipping right to your door. To get 25% off matching pairs, 15% off your first order, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee, and show your support of this podcast, go to MeUndies.com slash weird. That's MeUndies.com slash weird. All right, everybody. Enjoy the wonderful Tim Heidecker. Uh, before we do, on a somber note here, um, we lost a comedy great uh, last week, an incredible man. Everybody that talked about Bob Saget always uses the same word, which is nice. I'll actually take it further and say he was kind. He was deeply present, very funny, very sweet, and yes, very, very nice and very, very, very funny. Um, it's a real loss and a tragedy. Um, my heart goes out to his family and to his friends that are feeling this loss. Uh, Bob was right here on the couch and did an incredible episode uh, that I uh, wanted to pay tribute to him by playing just a little clip, uh, a little taste of that conversation, um, just in his memory, a, a, a very small thing, just as a way to say, Bob, we love you. We'll miss you. And thank you. So here's a clip from the Bob Saget episode. So what do you think is going on in the world? You were raised with the Yahweh. Right now? Spiritually. The meaning of life. The meaning of reality. I don't think people are um, care to hear about it. I think the people that are trying to survive are trying to hold on to whatever they can. And if it's mystical and if it's metaphysical and if it's past lives... I'm not sure. I, I went what does through, Bob Saget think, though? Oh, well, that's interesting. In third person, I can answer that. <laughs> Bob Saget believes. Yeah. I believe that you, um, I believe with every drop of rain that falls, a flower grows. Um, well, there'd be millions more flowers. If and millions true. of years ago, that song would be known. But um, <laughs> but that's true about those flowers. But, yeah, uh, it's not that but, many flowers. No, I, I believe that, um, you know, I don't like parables, but you know, you, you get back what you put out and stuff. Sure. So that's why I never close my zipper. Um, You're funny. Yeah. I'm just nuts over her. She's so short. But um, <laughs> I, I think we uh, are not positive people. I think we've gotten to a cynical society that needs to be healed. I think we're burning down the earth, which is us, where I think we're hurting ourselves. I think, you know, taking the oil out of the ground is like taking blood out of your body. I think. You know, it's all related. It's ridiculous to think it's not related. Yeah, that everything's related. That all people are related. And when I, I think about and that the with, evil and the fundamental. Oh, go ahead with the trees. We're cu- trees make oxygen that we breathe, and we're like, fuck it. I need yellow pages. It's it's, it's like you're cutting out your lungs. Well, yellow to, pages are gone. That's one thing you don't have to worry. about. Not in this house. Oh, we well, had the white pages too. Well, your kid needs to sit on something. I uh, saw the furniture, but she's learning uh, piano. Oh, oh, she's so cute. She's the cutest. But I think we need to do a lot of lot of reflection and a lot of caring. All right. We love you, Bob. With that, enjoy, everybody. I love this chat. This is Tim Heidecker. Get into it. 
You know Aristotle? Aristotle? Well, yeah. Aristotle used to do my podcast. Were you fired him? Fired him, yeah, for oh, stealing. Oh, same bet. <laughs> same bet. I feel like we're like similar looking guys and we're making like the same bets. And it's just sort of like... I know, it is kind of wait. a weird thing. We were like mirror... We, like Mixel... What's that character yes. from Superman? Mixelplix? I know what you mean, but only because it's referenced on Seinfeld. Yeah. Please get comfy. You can put your shoes on this couch. You can, you could, you could, t- you could take a dump on this couch, man. It looks like somebody has. People have. <laughs> this is my um, single guy couch. This was from my. Well, I'll just take one mic stand. <laughs> you may. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Wait, did I unplug something? Just your headphones. Yeah. It's just your experience. Okay. It didn't affect mine. Oh my god, my setup is so much more pro than yours. I feel so much better. Well, about life. Or do you feel like a total? Schmeckle. I don't know any Yiddish. <laughs> you feel like a total schmeckle because you don't need to. Well, this is well, you're on a hit pod right now, yeah, man. I know. I, We're well, sitting on a dumpy ass. I'm a I'm a gear guy though, so I I get into the weeds of it. I like f- fucking around with it. You but, love a little proj. Yeah, and I mean, I'm looking at Aristotle. I don't know how much he's a presence on the actual show here. I'd prefer he not. Be, yeah, but, that's fine. No, no, but no. He, we we went we went through the. Uh, we went through some hard times trying to, because we were trying to do before you fired him. I don't know how you got out of the picture. I think it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a, fa- a fair split or whatever. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we got two thumbs up. I don't know what that Still was. Not it was speaking it, though. It was. Uh, Doesn't seem like he feels great about you. Yeah, I don't know. What, I can't remember. <laughs> I made it you. <laughs> I don't think he feels great about you. But we were trying to do a live call-in show via like facebook live oh you wanted the insanity of like it was like that well somebody calling in and really uh, yeah a little bit of that like basically like a morning zoo show with uh which isn't quite it's not there's nothing that's like plug and play for that you have to kind of build that through like many different uh systems and platforms and uh gear so So you like disappearing into the project of figuring it out yeah it seems very obvious and easy but it wasn't and maybe it is easier now that i'll stop you at part one it doesn't seem obvious (laughs) or easy that sounds really difficult it was a it was a nightmare for a while but it's it's running pretty smooth now. do you do it people call in yeah dude they call we have like a we we pretty much use zoom for the call in uh, so you see these animals we see all these people. Too. Yeah. Well, it's been great. <laughs> I, I'm joking. I'm just I know, saying you never know who's going to call in. Well, that it was... It could be a real mess. That was the beauty of the original uh, batch of them because it was really random and it was just a random number. Chat roulette. And so it was a bit of chat roulette. It was it was uh, weirdos and three in the morning in Australia calling in. And, right. You know, uh, now it's like, it's small and there's and it's, there's like long, there's like, you know... Long time listener call, uh, they type call people in, like but fans, they, yeah, call and that can be a little boring sometimes, you know. Like, snooze, hey Judy, how are you? Good to see you. Anything new? She's like, No, I'm okay, everything's you know, it's so we were trying to like stir it up again and, and get because I would get, get trolls calling, I would get people calling in saying I was a pedophile and Wait, all that, that stuff, too. Just re- I am a pedophile and I'm not. But I'm pretty open about I it. I dropped the mic on a podcast. <laughs> no one can see. I was you. Oh, did... that will be that will be clipped out. By the way, the drop. What I just said. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and then no, it'll be back used in all... every my because I do it with the Doug Lusenhop and Vic Berger, and they basically take clips of what I say and play it on the show. So I'll say something uh... like, "There's a clip of me saying I don't know what I was talking about, but I said I'm like Dylan in terms of Bob Dylan, <laughs> and so now they play." I'm like Dylan. All I'm like the time. Jacob Dylan. I'm, I'm, I don't I'm mind. Like Jake Dylan. I'm like Bob Dylan in that in a lot of ways, but we can get into that later. <clears throat> Go ahead. 
uh, well, uh, talent. <laughs> uh, length that of go career. ahead, by the way, wasn't me going like, go ahead, dipshit. <laughs> no, I was no. like, really? It seems like maybe you are. No, you I both... like Bob Dylan's ability to shift gears in midstream and, and change his career, change what he, you know, the, the, his style and, and not thinking about, he never really thinks about his audience. He's just, he's kind of following his muse. Yeah. So the, in that way, I like that, that he's always inspirational to me. In that well, way. we've talked about that a lot on this pod is like what responsibility you have to the audience. And you seem to have thrown down a Thanos style gauntlet of uh, <laughs> I, I don't zero know that flux. reference. I don't know the, the Marvel really? world, but, but you knew it was the Marvel I'd, world. Well, so. Yeah, I, I guess is okay, that so something he would it? do? Which is it? Is that what I'm he would sorry, do? Which is it? <laughs> would he throw things down? I don't know. <laughs> is he a good guy or a bad? He's a bad guy. For, right? Yeah, you know he's a bad guy. But uh, I don't mean to say you yeah. know he's a bad guy. Like I'm trying to sniff you out. Yeah. You know. Uh, but I was just using the expression "throw down the gauntlet," and that made me laugh really hard. That yeah. you haven't seen them and you think it's just him <laughs> living out uh, similes, metaphors, like yeah. expressions. Are you a super guy, superhero guy? Um, you I just can't, know about I've this given stuff. I've given up uh, not that long ago. I, I was sort of like I'm uh, Star Wars and Marvel. I was like I'm not going to see all of these yeah, because yeah. right around um, Rogue One, which I think is very good. Did you Ro- see Rogue One? Rogan One. It's, Rogue- it's Joe Rogan. <laughs> Rogue One is the spaceship that uh, some people yeah. feel is spreading misinformation. Right. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I didn't think I saw the Rogue way, One. Hot top. Don't know if that's true. I've heard people riffing in that area. Yeah. So I don't know. Joe, Joe, don't stranglehold me. Are you a regular? Do you pop in on his show? Are you regular? Do you pop I'm a reg. down there? Yeah, okay, I'm a reg. Like I, a I pop on and catch up with just him. Sort of. You know those guests <laughs> where you're like, I guess they must be friends. I'm one of those. Yeah. <laughs> I'm one of like those. Like you're friends. in the in the backstage at the comedy store a lot. Just yes. Telling but I've been tales. on like twelve times, <laughs> and I have a real air about me. Yeah. There are the guys that are on Rogan, and whenever I'm with them, I'm like, is this Prince? Yeah. Like there's a feeling they yeah. emanate the same. I'm talking shit. You got me in the rascal mood. Me? But yeah. yeah. You got me rascally but like when i've been with people that are on rogan a lot yeah and i don't know mm-hmm. i do pick up a frequency of like is that bill murray's son like why are they <laughs> and it's because they're on the biggest podcast of all time right regularly but if yeah. you don't know that and they're like playing arenas that's what i mean right there's all these cultures count not counterculture but sub and not even subcultures we just there is no culture would you be able to so do an arena would I? Yeah. Zero. Yeah, yeah. No. No way. No. Not even no if way. I pretended to be you in Bridesmaids. No, no. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I can't sell I 200 couldn't. tickets. 200? No, I'm, I can't. That's I'm just fine. kidding. You sure could. But uh, an arena. These are guys out there doing arenas. Uh, I have How's a fun, that work? I have that a fun work? one. Do you want to do Oh, arena? well, that's... I don't know if uh, anything I do would play well in, a, in an arena, right? Yeah. There's yeah. that thing from Steve Martin saying, like, when he got as big as he got as a stand up, he was doing arenas and he was like, it was like I was a weird, uh, what did he say? I was like a MC at a party. Yeah. You're, right? you're chaperoning a party at that yeah. point. I, I absolutely feel that way. Of course, In we fact, would do it. Hmm? We would do it. You and well, I would, if we're not being together. deeply honest, of course, you probably want to be like backstage eating puff pastry. Yeah. And <laughs> getting yeah. psyched. <laughs> getting well, psyched if, to go out. If the, uh, <laughs> if the market demands it, what can you do? Well, you know, but. <laughs> 
You like have five to. Five times yeah. since even off mic, you've said some things that you just said them so straight that I <laughs> thought you meant it. And that really <laughs> is such a delight. I've learned now. I've, I feel like I'm in your key. Good. And now I'm just Pick enjoying it. Pick up on the it. wavelength. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm trying to do. But I think I like that because sometimes I catch myself being defending my sensitive artist heart by being like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do that. And you're like, so Come your on. joke is actually kind well, of very in, true. If of people were banging down the door, yeah, would Petey yeah. Holmes do <laughs> arenas? I'd but get you know, over that whole Steve is Martin like taking a big swing at doing an arena and flopping. Well, that's why you when know? I get show offers now, I'll be like, it's not just the show. You see mm-hmm. the venue and you see the number, right? Yeah. That's stupid. That's a dumb way to look at it. Do you, do you have it in you? Do you feel like you want to do it? Because as soon as you say yes... Uh, you're you're welcoming in all these different factors. Like, is it going to sell? Yeah. And I've had those shows. I had a show famously to me. I booked a show in Reno, <laughs> uh-huh. and I was like, "It's Reno. People walking around Reno, jazzing around Reno. Yeah. They want some stuff to do. Not to see old Holmesy. They don't. I love canceled. This, I like you know Whitmer Thomas. Yeah. Uh, he uh, he's been post. He's doing some shows, and this made me laugh so much. He said. Uh, He's playing in San Francisco. He said, low ticket warning. I mean that because we have sold, we have not sold very many tickets. Low low ticket ticket warning warning. is like, usually you say that to say like ticket, you know, there's not very many tickets left. I haven't heard it that way. (laughs) I only have, I I now will only, I can't wait to use that. Well, Mark Maron's first two records were called like seats still available, Mm -hmm. which I thought is such, that's so funny. Yeah. Like I just had never run into somebody where that, they were just like, let's just be honest. Like yeah. it's not sold out, right? <laughs> and we and we recorded. And it. I'm sympathetic because I don't ever want to go see anything. But I'm I'm not into going out and being in. in I can't public. believe you're here. I know, and this is why you have your own podcast. Have them I'll stay at home, wrangle them in. But it takes a lot. It takes a big, a big uh, act or an artist to get me out of the house. I, I think completely you know? agree. What was the last one? Dwayne the Rock Johnson DJing. Dwayne the Rock Johnson DJ. Do you know that? Did reference? he do that? Does he? Do, no, I don't know that reference. That is so funny. <laughs> you clearly. I know he's do, the Rock, but then you want to say you don't. No, wait. What about the DJ? I'm just saying he's DJing. Oh, like they might have okay. a celebrity DJ, right? Like a Viche or something like a that. A Viche? Is that a thing? Is that a sea urchin ceviche? Yeah. Is that what you just <laughs> no. said? A Viche. He's the, the the guy that overdosed. Or I'm know. just gonna say Who you've already say? been. You're the mayonnaise on the sandwich, man. I love mayo. I'm just really enjoying it. Wait a you. minute. Am I, I should be the sandwich. Yeah, yeah, who's you're the, the sandwich. Ma- who's the sandwich? Wait, you're the sandwich and there's lots of mayo on it. Okay. What well, I'm then we're, to... we should wrap things up then. Not a wrap, a sandwich. Um, <laughs> 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 sort of like a... That was like an exhalation of your first cigarette laugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a little... I'm trying to think because I've, <laughs> I've seen some shit, but uh, it's been a while. I can't... I Did mean, you ever see Bobby D and his never-ending tour? Uh, yeah, I've seen him years ago, and I'm, I'm so excited to see him... Again? On, again, because his latest round is supposed to be beautifully emotional, and uh, yeah. I'm going to just... I know I'm going to go and just weep. Are you sure? I'm serious. I think so. Maybe I will. Maybe it isn't dis- he a hundred? He's eighty. So what? I mean, even more so. Hmm? I mean that. Oh, I've caught you get a little defensive. There. <laughs> I, <yeah. laughs> I well, saw I, that. I liked is, it. What does uh, no, his age have to do with it? Because he, like, obviously, he's a 
people it's a it's a cheap i'll say this too it's a cheap joke to go he's bad he's bad because he's old because he's old i'm on let's get in the hot tub of my bad joke but he's like let's feel the he's jets. so important to me and what i understand about this latest tour my mom's also 80 I, she, <laughs> she's, she not up, she's not touring around the country. you know it might do her well yeah she looks yeah well, maybe uh, Bob like Dylan's starting to look kind of like an old woman. But. Here's what it, where that joke really came from, for real, for real. Yeah. I talked to a, a musician recently uh-huh. who said they opened for Dylan, and this is 10 years ago, right. and they were like, Jesus, fuck, it wasn't good. That's no. what they said. Well, I mean, he's had ups and downs. Ups and downs. This is sounds like, and <laughs> these still, are from good friends. I still remember your face <laughs> scrunching in this really honest and beautiful way. I loved it. I get... Um, so I cut, purse my lips when I get mad, a little mad, you know, a little pursing. Here. Oh, you didn't purse. You just no, kind of, there was there, a flat. <laughs> <laughs> this is what gets clicks, man. We should yeah, have a yeah. full out fight. Yeah. Full on streaming full- <laughs> fight about whether hypothetically, whether Bob Dylan is great right now no, in you're, concert. You're helping. You need every, every day. Whenever I go see my parents for real, I write down a note to myself and I, I, the note says, don't forget you might be wrong. So for real, right. I like a little moment where I go, Bob Tilly's yeah. fucking old, right? Yeah, yeah. And you go, hey, wait a minute. Yeah. And then here we are. Because we need to show our brains that they're fucking stupid and wrong sometimes. I know. Otherwise, they're just the Thanos throwing down the gauntlet up there. I, I've, I run into this conflict all the time because I dislike so many things. I, so many things drive me nuts. Mm. Uh, and I have to hold back on criticism sometimes because I hate my I hate when I have received criticism mm-hmm. and it's sort and of there like there you are doling it there out. I am doling it out. But your brain doesn't. This is uh, Malcolm Gladwell had that uh, talking to strangers book, mm-hmm. and the point of it was when you meet people, your first impression is almost always wrong. Ah. It's like so. So he was like, just throw away your first impression. But when it comes to the trap and the the strange. Cheap, you said cheap earlier. You're mm-hmm. right. The cheap satisfaction the brain gets from going, that sucks, is not worth it mm. in the long run to staying open, staying vulnerable, staying malleable. I am working. My life's pursuit is to... No, this is not my life's pursuit. What am I talking oh, there's about? There's a clip. It's a thing. <laughs> is to be more open. And to be more... Open. Open, sure. Free. Can yeah. we say free? And also, don't. who cares? Buddy. Who cares? You're on the podcast now. One Everything that, else we're not going to use. We're going to pick we, it up from here. We can go down Do it. any direction you want, but I was reading this uh, bad take on the new Beatles documentary, which I also am obsessed with and love and care more about than a lot of things in, in, that I should be caring about. Yeah. Are you and thinking this, about your children right now? I was going to say my children, but that seemed a little cheap. But it's also, you know... <laughs> You the, are fun. It's yeah. just like a little vacation joking with you. Yeah. And yeah. I'm one of the greats. Um, I need it. I need it. That's a wasn't that that was a great special Chelsea. Chelsea Freddy. Freddy. Uh one of the hilarious greats. moment. Ralphie May, rest in peace, on his pod for real. Mm-hmm. Sad loss. On his podcast. I, I don't think it was him, but it was a bunch of comics talking about like She's not one of the great. Uh, like they didn't. Uh, like someone just missed the joke, right. and well, there is the audio. So. <laughs> they missed the joke. I mean, but a joke like that, I'm, to have compassion and be like, 
if you don't know Chelsea mm-hmm. and somebody just puts out a special called One of the Greats, yeah. or you're not familiar with their comedy, you might think we are a bunch of like right. hard-headed weirdos. Yeah. And, and, and maybe like you'd just be like alpha, the... just yes. like yes. macho. Yes. Uh, but this guy in the... Yes. This, Funny this joke bad, if you get it. This bad take in the Washington Post about the Beatles get back said something... The headline, this is such clickbait, and mm. I hate giving it attention, but... It was, uh, the Beatles are overrated. HTTP colon and like it's like 40 minutes. Right. But it's the, the headline was, uh, the Beatles are overrated and that's not their fault. It's our fault. Fuck off. Right. That is like, it sucks. That really, I think I have COVID now because of what you just said. It it goes, it goes through these, like, it was a sort of a mediocre review of the documentary. And one of the last adjectives was unnecessary. Fuck I, off! I what is unnecessary? What is necessary? Yeah. What, how, what is unnecessary? No, mean? I can't. There's nothing that's necessary. First so of all, let it go. Let it be. Let it be. I mean, one of the. But can I make fun of? Can I criticize that take? No. Yeah. Yes and no. I'm what? trying not to. Oh, you mean for your own well-being? Right. Well, you did both. It's fun. It's fun to gab mm-hmm. and to make fun. Right. And to and that is break the enjoyment, balls, as they say. Break balls, as yeah. they sit down yeah. at the uh, hoagie shop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, let's go down to the fucking hoagie shop. Oh. Um, two. You you already did the sort of high ground thing of just like, this isn't even true. Right. And there is like a freedom in like, what is even true? Like, unpack that. This person's opinion about the Beatles thing that you enjoyed matters, question mark? Right? Like, as soon as someone just pushes you toward that matters? It doesn't matter. It doesn't. I guess I find my role uh, as a satirist or a humorist or an artist or whatever is to always, uh, not always, but... When I find moments, uh, point out the, you know, stupidity of the world. Yes. And sometimes it might be through a sketch or a show or it's me like on Twitter saying like, this is stupid and making sure. So people out there don't feel so confused and alone. There you go. I thought you were going to say alone and you did. Because if I was at home and I was 16 and I was getting in, I loved that documentary. It would matter more than And you some, saw it in the Washington Post. Because you haven't a, yet figured out that it's just some guy in pants and underpants and socks. It's a fucking guy who sucks. <laughs> well, you're really going. I'm just saying he's, <laughs> he's another human. And he knows that guy's <laughs> fucking He sucks. sucks. He should jump off a bridge. Oh no! But no, uh, he he, <laughs> no. he that guy is cynical and understands that I need that he uh, for uh, economic reasons I need to write. This is how I have to change my writing to get people to engage with my writing. You're saying for him, for him. No, that's why I love. I mean, when you say no, but you mean yes. It's a fun moment. I'm with <laughs> you. You have the editor in the movie, and they go, "I need." I need 500 words on why John Mulaney's overrated. Right. Because that's going to get a click. Right. Mulaney overrated. Yeah. Bleh. Yeah. Like, just find someone that everyone agrees yeah. is great and say they, they're not great. And I just, dude, I'm embarrassed. I don't want to give it the click. I saw a YouTube, my fucking algorithm pitched me, you know, Wim Hof, the Iceman. Yeah, breathing and stuff. Yes, yeah. all the breathing. So I watched those videos. So it kicks into my uh, algorithm. It goes, Wim Hof. He's not who we think he is. <laughs> and I clicked on it. Sure. And when I tell you it was a waste of time, yeah. it was the deepest waste of time. It, there wasn't even an attempt right. to follow through yeah. on the thing. So, of course, was I it, watched to the end to be like, wait for it. 
Never happened. Was it bot generated did it, or did it feel like it was organically made? The I, video it itself? did seem like a human made it. Okay. But then I'm like, like Russell Brand has a lot of great videos, but then he also, or I, I, I've been, it's so hard to align with somebody. I don't know if he I'm has some fan. bad videos, really. Never been. A, no, I call, <laughs> I've always thought he was a bullshit artist for 10, 15 years. Is now. this real? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Everybody, know, I mean, I'm not hiding. I'm not, uh, I'm not, I've never been shy about that. I always, wait, what do you always, mean he's a bullshit? That's, that's why, by the way, I mean, when I said he has some great videos, I mean, I've seen one or two. I can't speak for his catalog, and he has a lot of crazier and crazier. Well, he seems to have been going towards videos. like cult territory, from what I can tell. Culties. Culty vibe. I always but, thought it was more like, yeah, go ahead. I never really, I never trust a comedian that is that concerned with their appearance. You know, Interesting. when I first saw him, that rock and roll vibe. Mm. No, I don't like. I don't want that. I don't. I don't buy into that. It's interesting. I don't know. He just seems oily, and uh, <laughs> that just and you know, it seems like know. he has a lot of words, but um, not. Are a fan. you saying? <laughs> I mean, yeah. you can't just say I, it's you got, can't just say I don't like how he dresses. I told, and how his hair is, and how he. It, well, it, these are gut instincts, but this is how much I was I was suspicious of this guy. He was doing a show uh, for FX, right? Called Brand yeah. X. Brand X. And me and some friends um, disguised ourselves and uh, sat in the audience as sort of a sort of almost a, as a prank. Sure. Because we were so, uh, we just didn't like this guy. I don't know why I don't like him. You know, I, I think it's really that. It's that, like, who's this guy with the long hair or the silly British accent? What are you, my dad? Yeah. That sounds like something my dad would <laughs> say. Yeah. I don't trust him, Pete. Yeah. He wears V-necks, but has the main shirt. And in that, and in that, uh, in that taping, he had some racist woman on, or you know, it was like some kind of confrontational thing where he yes. was going to challenge. This woman and his line of attack with her was like, "Don't you understand? We're all just living on this tiny little planet, and if you looked from and it was so, it was so. Well, you nothing. don't like you don't like new agey stuff. Um, I I'm not against it. I like I, I think I grew up liking a lot of that stuff. I just sometimes I just smell a grift. It feels just like a. You're grift. the Mark Cuban of Shark Tank. The Mark Marin <laughs> of of podcasts. <laughs> I do want hey, to man. say, hey. I know uh, Russ, I almost called him Rusty, Russell a little bit yeah. and found him to be delightful. I feel like- well, but just, here's just the problem. Because, yeah, go ahead. You, you, it, I find in this business of ours, mm, show. it's very, a business of show, <laughs> it's very hard to find out who, who we really are. Because I think Isn't we this- all de- <clears throat> tend to act differently around each other. Not all of us, but some people, you know, you go, hey, he was cool to me. And then you talk to some PA. Right. And they're just like, he's a fucking asshole. It's interesting. I haven't heard that about Russell Brand. And I'm not saying he's an asshole. I'm just saying. Not for you. Not for me. Were you bullied by kids that look like him? (laughs) (laughs) I did the bullying. Are you kidding me? I used to slam these nerds. It sort of sounds like you did. I know. These fuckers with their long hair, I used to put them up against the goddamn lockers. And you still, you've unchecked that up, belief. Yeah. <laughs> you went, you dressed yeah. up as a prank. What happened? You just watched the show? Oh, yeah. We just sat there, and I think he got wise to the fact that we were there and came up and and sort of confronted uh, our friend. I, I don't know. It was a long time ago. I was a little more actively trolly back then in my mm, awesome mm, show days, and mm. 
Uh, like I said, it's something I'm working on. But you brought him up. I didn't go in here to, to launch an attack. Where I wasn't a gonna... note card that says Russell Brand yeah. falls out of your pocket. <laughs> Why would you do this? Yeah. Um, well, I, listen, his episode of this pod was quite quite, quite nice. I'm I probably won't to listen to it. Let's just listen to it right now. <laughs> well, you don't like... Your foot is right in my face by your <laughs> sock. A, it's a clean sock. Sock. It's I have those bo- bombas too. Can I tell you something? It's because I hurt this leg and I was like, maybe this is okay. Is it okay? It's fine. I'm just aware of it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I'm going to put it under. I'm going to put it under. That's what. You should be aware of a foot that close. <laughs> yes, it was, I have to tell you folks, it is Aristotle. How close is that foot? A foot? <laughs> Are you twelve? A size twelve? <laughs> the foot—it's a literal foot away. Is itself away. away from you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, let's cover this because when I first—oh, wait. Do you, did you finish your thing on the Beatles? Who, by the way, the sort of look like the four Beatles? Russell Brands to me. I can't uh, believe they are British and they have long hair. But it was a period of time when it was appropriate to have that light length of hair. You are. I'm just. I'm not. <laughs> You're right. I do sound so damn uh, conservative. I'm enjoying the digging in on that. Yeah. So, uh, did you did you finish what with you all had the to jangles say? and jingles and f- lace? You know, come on, man. What about Prince? Did he have a problem a with fan. Prince? No, but he's a musician. He's an eccentric musician of his time. Yes. So I don't have a problem. It's, it's mostly comedians that look like rock stars. I, I mean, feel like how many are there? There's not many. There's if, that's true. Andrew Dice Clay. Well, he doesn't. He looks like the bouncer at a, yeah, at a, at a rock show. It's like Fonzie. <laughs> and Fonzie didn't play a musician. No, he didn't play an instrument. That's true. Fonzie should have been. Practicing is lame. Fon- Fonzie should have had a band or like a oh, rock yeah. and roll band. He didn't. No, he, and he was just Henry Winkler. Just worked in a, worked on cars or something or motorcycles. I don't know. I do. Th- yeah, he raced hot rods. Yeah, yeah. And didn't he live above the garage? This is not a cool guy by modern standards. No, I love that. I race cars. Henry, I love that. It's just Henry Winkler. It's just it's not, Henry Winkler. Wait, no, I'm done with the Beatles. We don't want to get down when, go down that road anymore. All right, let's get back. Uh, when Henry yes. Winkler was on the podcast, one of the great episodes. I talked about how he was like, girls used to just knock on his door. Yeah. They'd find out where he was in the hotel. And he was like, if you if you talk to them, did you talk to them as the fonts yeah. or as this? Yeah. Because I have the feeling he was that back then. And he was like, oh, I was this. I was this. I, ne- oh, wow. I never answered the, to the fonts. Right, right. I didn't do the fonts. I wonder if they liked the show Happy Days. Uh, like, would Henry Winkler be like, I saw last night's episode. It was, it was another great one. <laughs> I feel like that was a time there were like six shows yeah. at best, and yeah. two of them were the news. Yeah, yeah, And if you were on one of them and it was good. Yeah. But are you sitting around laughing your ass off as Henry Winkler watching the latest Happy Days? Oh, you think Henry Winkler would I'm enjoy saying. the fun? Yeah, oh, would, I would he watch Happy Days? Would Tom Bosley watch Happy Days on a week? I think Henry do? Winkler would have a little viewing party because he's so lovely. But there's so many so many seasons. That's a good point. Maybe after season four, they go like, how was it? The I ratings? Ca- I combed my hair. Yeah. <laughs> I threw a Frisbee for some reason. I, and I don't remember why. How many episodes of The Happy Days has Henry Winkler seen? Great question. You should have asked him that. I'll have him on my show and I'll get to the uh, bottom of it. I can't share that contact. <laughs> I can't. I can't help you with that. Yeah. So when you came in, I said to you, and I didn't even realize I said Mary Crimbus. Mm. And you, and then I realized in real time that you made up Mary Crimbus. I did. That's crazy. I think so. I mean, we, we, Eric I and I did the Crimbus special. I only call it Crimbus it's because so of weird. you. Well, we were going to do a Christmas special and we 
very lazily or, or I don't know, not lazily, but just kind of knew we weren't going to just do a Christmas special. It had to be something fucked up and something, <laughs> something else. And we, I just said Crimbus, and then we wrote that down. Crimbus you know, is so funny. And the this premise of that was that we were, it was an, an infomercial for the Crimbus special, you know, DVD. And that doesn't <laughs> seem to exist in any form. It, like, you know, so it was just this like, rip, this loop of a, infinite loop of a thing that doesn't make any sense. But yes, I, we watched it. We, we watched it last Crimbus. We did <laughs> a watch along thing during the pandemic and it's so fucked up the special yeah the special is so fucking insane we had an audience that we had of um basically our producer had gotten a like a work release kind of program found a work release thing guys are just like second what do do you call it halfway house Mm. kind of guys Mm. we're transitioning out of prison into you know real life real life whatever you know and so the audience was in hundred men of certain you know middle age who <laughs> we had dress up in business suits and oh, no. so they and we were there with these spandex we had these guys these male dancers who were basically had their, their nipples out and were wearing spandex and all sorts of insanity and we were doing this horrible Christmas Christmas style <laughs> variety show for these men and our only note for the men was like never smile Never, you know, just sit there like you're being forced, like you're in jail or something. And and so it just gives the whole thing this energy of really this sick, uh, you know, kind of a prison-like atmosphere, like you're being forced to watch this show. Where did that start for you? Where, where did, when did you realize that you liked the, the frequency, the, the mm-hmm. tension of like, this is so... You even said yourself, you watched your own thing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes watching your sketches or whatever it might be, you do get the sense of like, this is what insanity is. Yeah. And that's what you like, question mark? And when did that start? question mark um do you remember the first time you saw something where you were like that's so fucking weird i want to do something like that i mean the, geez there's so many moments like that i can you know i grew up in allentown pennsylvania and it was there was local television there that was just off that was just <laughs> poorly made it wasn't cable access it was just bad and, uh, and bad makeup and bad lighting and all that stuff <laughs> so there was a lot of that i mean i think like in like the Christopher Guest stuff in Spinal Tap, that that's like the first time I met. I can feel like the the joke is how uncomfortable everything yeah. is for everybody. And did you notice that you have a thicker skin compared to other people to be like, let's lean into this? I don't know if I have a th- thicker skin. I get very, I'm very sensitive about a lot of things. But well, that's interesting. I, Go ahead. Yeah, I, I don't know if uh, it's. I get. I mean, I. <sighs> I get into you get I get into this analytical stuff and it's hard to sometimes vocalize it but you there it's it's just about cuz so much of the stuff we make is for the other person more so than the audience. Mm. So there's a if you mean the other s- person in it with you. Yeah, let's say Eric for the large part of a lot of that uncomfortable stuff. So we're in on the joke together and so it's just fun. You know, mm-hmm. if there's a scene where I'm, I remember there's a scene where I'm drinking a shake that is filled with pubic hair that is supposed to turn me into a man, you know, and it's, if you watch it now, it's absolutely disgusting and horrible and uh, feels real. It feels like it's actually happening. But on the day, it's like the fun, most fun thing you could do. It's so recreational, 
you know a pube shake a pube shake yeah because it's just you know what you know what it is and you know it you know that it's not that and so god it's so fun to do that's kind of the motivator but that is an interesting thing to pursue i guess what i'm getting at is like there's people pleasers like yeah. me where I'm like, maybe I could, I remember being very young and be like, when I do this Bill Cosby impression, I know noted, mm-hmm. but like when I do Please. it at, <laughs> when I do it at church, mm-hmm. everyone laughs yeah, yeah. and I'm like, I'm going to follow that. Yeah. And you're like, uh, and don't get me wrong. Yeah. I laugh my ass off at your stuff, Yeah. but it's, it's, it, the direction is different. Like you're shooting the arrow the opposite way from a guy from a ham like me mm-hmm. that's like first of all let's keep it clean yeah. secondly you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's yeah. give him the show yeah like i remember giving a friend of mine an advice he was opening for a famously clean comedian and he was being really dirty and then he was sort of venting to me that like the guy who booked him liked him but that the theaters were complaining because the people that came out to see the clean guy didn't mm-hmm. like the dirty opener and i just like without i have no rock and roll yeah. i just went straight like well, you should play to the audience. Like, just do great. Right. Because you'll get more gigs. They'll invite mm-hmm. you back. It'll spread around that you're killing and that yeah. you're funny, that you know how to change for your audience. And it seems to me that you're like, no, put on red spandex and put two ornaments and <laughs> yeah, say, yeah, yeah. Merry Crimbus. Yeah. And like, what makes it funny is that they don't like it. Right. That, do you see what I mean when I'm saying, yeah, I'm shooting no, the arrow this I mean, way, you're shooting it the, that way. The, the thing is, well, there's a, tr- I mean, there's always, there's a tradition of what we're doing that has existed before us and it's Andy Kaufman and I think Albert Brooks and even Steve Martin I think really pushed that Mm. where it was and I I wasn't hyper aware that this was going on but it was certainly in my media diet ugh (laughs) (laughs) right but there's an understanding there's always this understanding that uh, the audience is with us or the audience is going to be with us if I keep media diet yeah I know it's, I, I mean, it's a good, it's a good fucking term, if you think about it. it I'm silent laughing <laughs> still at you hating saying media. Yeah. Keep going, please. Sorry. Um, and Steve I, Steve Martin. I would think even back to in high school and playing in bands and coming coming up sort of in this punk, which I wasn't, but a lot of people I knew were, and you know, you were just making, you weren't in show business in for general audiences. You were cultivating your fan base, mm-hmm. and you you were playing to them and for each other, hmm. mostly in, for each other. And then there would be people that came along and were there with you and for it's you. Really interesting. So you kept. That's just we never stopped doing that. We Eric and I just made stuff for each other, and we noticed people were laughing. Uh, you know, and we would show it. Like I mean, this sounds so pretentious, but we showed our first shit at art installations in philly that's just there was no comedy clubs there was no place to do it was like punk diy people showing weird shit Mm -hmm. like you know ps1 in new york that kind of thing like like not with a general audience in mind it was like self-expression and and then we realized like we also we enjoyed doing it and it did fit into this weird like alt comedy blah you know that we found out about was going on that was it was just for people that were already in on the joke a little bit mm-hmm. and wanted something that wasn't seinfeld you know, no offense int- to seinfeld but yeah. it was well, just if seinfeld had longer hair and necklaces you would hate him <laughs> <laughs> i you know what yeah, this and i like me- i mean i love i can watch seinfeld all night of course all, and i and i have 
Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> what if I just went, yeah, no, it's a great show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it is. Um, although I find there's an insanity to Seinfeld, sort of. Oh, well, sure. And maybe that's a bad example because that's an actual, like, that's a singular voice. You know, that's Larry David and Larry Charles. Like, those guys are yes. really singular and specific and doing their own thing. Well, it's funny. Well, the reason I said insanity is, is I'm saying, like, sometimes your sketches can make me go, like, this is what it feels like when you're losing grip on your mind. Yeah, yeah. When I'm watching Seinfeld, for real, for real, I watched an episode of Seinfeld last night, and I was like, this is insanity. Yeah. Like, when they're just like, mm-hmm. the TikTok, yeah. not the TikTok. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. later, Elaine right. slips, and it was like, it was on a TikTok. Yeah, I was yeah. like, that's something, and I'm not trying to make fun of people in mental hospitals. Yeah. They'd be like, and then the tic tac, right. the tic tac, they fall on the tic tac. Yeah. You know, it's like everything being super connected and yeah. in your little thirty minute world. That's how I feel about Curb. It's like yeah. such a story, and I, I it's one of the funniest, and it's a legendary show. I'm yeah. not say, taking anything away from it. Yeah. But when you see, like, wow, this is one guy pushing the needle <laughs> yeah. through a very specific yeah. hole. And he's going, and then at the end, it's the glasses yeah. that I couldn't find at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, is there a room? Yeah. Is there a writer's room? Or is it just Larry? Yeah. You know, it's, it feels gets, such a voice. For it's sure. such a voice. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think we're always looking, I'm always looking for uh, stuff that's going to kind of infect your body and not really understand where the beginning and the end is and where the joke is and what's supposed to be funny about that. And, <laughs> you know, and, and. I get back to Steve Martin. I yeah. didn't know all any of this. I didn't know he felt this way, and I was doing this in my own without knowing this. But he described it so perfectly in his book that I thought, "Oh my God, this is what I we've been all been doing, which is trying to capture the feeling of being with your friends when you're laughing at three in the morning, mm. and you don't know why, and you have to be you. Ha- you would have had to have been there two hours earlier, and you would have to have gone to school with me." <laughs> You know, th- that feeling, that rolling, that feeling. the feeling of like, you know, I was a Catholic school kid and ultra boy and all that stuff. And Church that laugh. feeling of not being able to laugh, feeling like you're going to die. That's it. My version of that that I can remember is uh, in high school, a neighbor of my of my parents, um, of my gr- I'm sorry, a neighbor of my grandparents that were kind of the feuding neighbors. They were, they were feuding, but they were the neighbors that were always bragging about everything in there they always had the slightly nicer car and and they just had a reputation of being sort of a a little (laughs) nose up and this is like lower middle class this Mm -hmm. isn't like this is Mm -hmm. like stuff you should nobody should be bragging about but we're sitting at an arby's this is the kind of (laughs) i'm loving it already i'm sitting at the arby's with my parents and my sister and the the guy my grandparents neighbor comes over and their their son-in-law had died in a motorcycle accident Hmm. and um, my parents said, I'm so sorry about the loss. And he said, oh, it was terrible. We had a beautiful uh, service, though. There's so many people that they had to have uh, auxiliary parking. They had to, there was the, and that killed my, that there was ruined so- my parents. My parents, I saw my parents, who up to that point were, <laughs> you know, parents i'm raising they, my hand because i don't know what to do they went into a full head down had to look at the baked potato in front of them because if they looked at each other or him they would have started cry laughing auxiliary parking yeah because can you still say auxiliary parking <laughs> to your parents and they'll die <laughs> but it was so uncomfortable because why would you be laughing about this funeral yes, yes. oh yes. so wonderful only because i've told it on the pod before but i feel like you'll like it 
I, this is a decade before I ever tried pot. Yeah. You can just get the giggies. Mm-hmm. And we, we were 21, mm-hmm. and we were at a restaurant in the... You, so you tried pot when you were 31? 28. 28, okay. But uh, you think, that I'm was just, fair. There's no reason. Fair. No, you're a journalist you're first. Of the, journalist first. Just doing the math. <laughs> By the way, I was with Eric just about a couple hours ago, and I go, I'm 47. And he goes, no, you're not. I go, yeah, I am. I'm 47. He goes, you're 45. Wow. And I swear to God, I really didn't know that today, this on the past, you know. And that's when you realized you smoked DMT and none of this is real. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry to interrupt. No, that is worth interrupting for. Yeah. How much more, if you guys are walking together, Mm. how much you're getting recognized, what? 4X? No, never. Well, he gets recognized all the time, but I I never do. Yeah, exactly. That's true. They said that about the Monty Python guys, that they would walk around and John Cleese would get recognized everywhere and everybody else was... Because he's a giant. Yeah, because he's a giant. I have the same theory about the Sklar brothers. Twins. (laughs) You already look at twins. (laughs) You're already looking at twins. Yeah. And then you got How many twins twins. are there? Yeah. It's fun to just see two of something. Yeah. (laughs) Now, they make me uncomfortable to be around. I don't like twins. Imagine if they had long hair and jangly necklaces. (laughs) Imagine if one of them had long hair and jangly. Can you imagine having a twin? It would fucking. I would think they would freak me out. You know, you had it all the time. The major motion picture, us. That's true. And you played a twin. Was it in the script to do the hand away? The psych. God, Uh, I think it might have been. It was so funny. Oh, thanks. Here's the only true compliment. Your hair actually looks like my hair in that movie. I just got out of the showers. When you were in that movie and you did that, I and please know. This is with love. You're going to understand in a second. I was jealous. Mm. Like I was like... Should have been you. No, no, no. Oh. Just jealous that someone did that. Like Mm. found the way to do psych Ah, in a scary, funny way. way. Not it should have been me. Maybe deep, deep down. Oh, that should have been me. Maybe. But in you know, then that sense where you're like, someone did it. Oh, yeah. Someone did the... Right. It was right there. Like we had psych, but yeah. to do it in a scary and a funny way. We were trying to figure this out. That's it's a weird tangent, but the the idea of putting a um, a necktie around your head as a sign of sort of rebellious, I'm partying now. Yeah, we kind of were. We went down this rabbit hole. Thing we think it's from the movie Gun Ho, the Michael Keaton movie from the Ron Howard Michael Keaton movie from the '80s, where he's like a car. Mm-hmm. Remember that movie Gun mm-hmm. Ho? No, I watched it probably so many times as a kid, but feel like it's a singular moment where they're like this is what it means to go nuts yeah and and that was the 80s could, yeah because in the 80s we were all about wear those ties on your neck yeah and now i feel like the tie is <laughs> no one wears a tie. tie and if you did on your head is equal to yeah. on your neck. <laughs> like nobody, nobody cares yeah uh i thought you were gonna talk about the iconic moment but um i was gonna try to move on from us because it was such a miserable experience was it really no i'm just that kidding. would be so fun I wish I had more miserable experiences to share with you. There are just so many great experiences, so many normal, uh, wonderful experiences that are so boring. No, it's okay. You're the Judy calling into my show. (laughs) Exactly. I'm going to put this in your pipe, and you smoke it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You said punk. I actually, I know I I look like a youth pastor. I'm aware of that. But like I started in punk, Mm -hmm. and that was the first artistic expression I had, was being in a punk band and going to rather hardcore punk shows. And with where that, in the country? Boston, Boston, Massachusetts. So, in that spirit, uh, I am going to say to you: You said that that was sort of where you first saw. Oh, look, you can just do it for your fans mm-hmm. and just cultivate your group, 
which is very alt comedy. Mm -hmm. Also, punk posters have a sense of humor that's similar to your sense of humor to me. Like Andre the Giant's head on uh-huh. the Queen of England's oh, body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Collage-y. cutting into a cake. Yeah. And you can see when you cut into the cake, it's ham. Right. Like the cake is ham and it's Andre the Giant, but it's the Queen. Yeah. And they don't care if you get it. They're just trying to like, they're just trying to entertain you in a very yeah. non traditional way. But that came to mind. Absolutely. I mean, there's so much humor in. There was so much humor that wasn't really in quote unquote comedy in mm-hmm. our lives, mm-hmm. in music, uh, you know, and just in our lives that felt, that's why it always felt so foreign to me, the idea of doing comedy. Because I saw comedy on TV and it just felt like, well, that's fine and that's what, that's what uh, you know, sells or whatever, but it's not what I know how to do or mm-hmm. it's not what anybody, that's not what makes us laugh. Mm-hmm. Of course there are exceptions to that and we knew that there was a way to like make a movie like waiting for guffman i guess or something like that or mr show was a good example of like oh these guys are a little different but right but you wanted that like more rarefied air i know what you mean you you turn on the tv watch saved by the bell or something and you're like that's comedy that's like a da 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 laugh track yeah all that sort of stuff and you're like i want it to feel more like the sleepover so i told you i had two things on my list what was the other number one was crimbus yeah Number two is, and I really, you go ahead and tell me if you talk about this too much, but I did want to pay a very specific compliment that I think would take us into an area, but you let me know if this is beaten to death. Uh, When I watch Tim and Eric specifically, um, but a lot of things that have your sense of humor, I'm like, this is what it feels like for me to be stoned. Mm. Like when I'm stoned and I sit down and watch my brain, Mm -hmm. I see floating heads just going like, yeah, grandma loved a smoke camel lights. You know, just like, <laughs> yeah. like for real, for real. Like, right. I don't know which came first, if it was pop culture, but it really feels like that's just the attitude of the plant to be yeah. a little woo-woo. The plant just has a certain sense of humor. Yeah. And I think as like Yanomami Indians found marijuana, smoked it in the jungle, mm-hmm. they would see their friend floating by and, and right. saying some absurd shit. And just like... You know, I I think you do, but that feeling where it's like, it's this show just for you. Yeah. Your subconscious is going to, for no reason, be like, I have a bag. I can't even do an impression of it. Yeah. But you know it when you see it. Here's the compliment. You do it. When I watch a lot of your stuff, I'm like, they've done it. Yeah. That thought you have when you're high, I'm saying for me, which is, I should just like figure out how to invite other people into this but you're stoned so you're like right. maybe not and yeah. you don't do it <laughs> it really feels like and i'd love for you to talk about this it feels like you did that work you're like i picture you laying down and, and eric's next to you taking notes and you're like the color purple just ve- like a flash of purple and now i'm and like yeah. explaining what you're seeing how did you do it how did you take that experience so accurately it's like bringing a dream back but you really yeah. did it. You really did it. We did it, folks. Um, folks, I, I I don't know how much How'd you do. Well, it? There, there's this. There's a thing that uh, try to think the best way to get into this. Like, I, I, I'm trying to figure out maybe what the first like sort of psychedelic moment of our show is. It's probably pretty early, but you sort of stumble onto things and you feel you have a feeling for it where it's like that is new or that is special and it often doesn't come by sitting here talking about it it comes by doing it what do you mean doing it well 
Editing. Shoot, yeah, editing it, shooting it, uh, shooting something. Sometimes, you know, I think a good example is there's a sketch called Umama, and it was we, we, Eric and I, we don't have a lot of, we don't have a ton of ideas. Like we're not a idea machine type group, mm. or, and it's sort of like you have a bunch, some ideas, you try to do them the best you can, um, and one of, and early, especially early on, I think we had just, kind of, you know. You like do your first album, and then it's like, well, that's just, I've worked on these ideas for ten years, and now they're, they're now I have to start fresh. Yeah. You know, there's a little bit of that it's with the, the curse second, of the second album. Yeah. yeah, and I think we had this thing that we used to do live, which was this overhead projector bit, where it was these two cutouts of a priest and a and a like an ultra boy, and it was like this sexual cutout overhead projector bit that mm-hmm. we did live, and mm-hmm. we said, why don't we just do that on the show? We'll set, we'll build this basement. Uh, set and and uh we'll start doing this and we'll have this older woman come down as our mom and like scold us and so we did it and it was a it was an off day we were not feeling very good about it or we were trying to capture this live thing that we had done and it wasn't really connecting sure and we got frustrated and we're one of us is probably in a bad mood or something and we're just sort of gave up you know exactly i spoke in code but you picked up on that right away (laughs) Whenever I say one of us, I'm. But um, you would have remembered if yeah. it was you. <laughs> yeah. One of us was in a shitty mood. I've had my days, but just sort of hitting his head on the the light fixtures. But we just kind of like we had a uh, a moment of uh, controlled chaos where we just started like kind of ruining the set and just freaking out more for like fun, chaotic noise art kind of thing. Like let's just bang, let's just ruin this, let's just break up this set and. Uh, on maybe were you filming? Yeah, we were filming yeah. it. And uh, we filmed it, and we kind of just said, well, that's not going to really work. But we gave it to Doug Lusenhop, our editor, and said, if there's anything here, to f- we need a minute or two out of this to make a bit work. And he found this little moment where we start this, umama, umama, and we're slamming this stuff, and he finds this rhythm, and it becomes this insane thing that he showed us, and we were like cr- like crying, laughing. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And it was fully experimental and it was a thing of, it was something that Doug, you know, as he would say, like, you know, shined the shit, you know, like yeah. took a, took some shit and but shined actually, it up. It's actually different. It's like he dissected the, he cut the shit into lots of little bits yeah. and made something that was not even shit. Like well, he, We always were like, we would write and we would have the traditional like things on a board and scripts and all that stuff. And we'd have a somewhat of a plan, but we always knew that we were basically capturing elements to be used in in the edit room Mm -hmm. and that anything could go anywhere Mm -hmm. and nothing needed to have a beginning and nothing needed to have an ending uh needed i should say oftentimes it made sense to have an ending but you didn't have you could get out of things as as quick as you got into that's like the pot thing too sometimes it just ends with a yeah yeah like it just that's how your brain is and and jonathan kreisel and doug lusenhop and a couple other guys were in there with a full open uh you know they they had the they knew the dictate from us was as as long as you just don't make it feel like something we've seen before like like surprise us find new tools experiment show like we're very uh picky and also we get very um you know bored quickly with our own shit mm-hmm. you know move on that we've 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 done that character three times kill him off like we don't want to you know, we want to surprise ourselves and then the show, then our audience. So it's all that psychedelic stuff, I think, comes out of them playing, get, having the freedom to play, 
having there just no other reason than to make you feel like getting back to that feeling of why am I, I don't even know why I'm laughing. Why am I laughing? What is even funny about this? But I am laughing. Mm-hmm. We've showed the best day of my life in comedy was showing Bob Odenkirk this bit we had done called All Dolled Up. And what we had done was kind of, it was one of the meaner things we had done. But we had these two kind of background actors that we had known and had kept calling back because they were such, you know, these background guys that tend to talk your ear off, you know? <laughs> you look at me. <laughs> what I say was kind eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. You know, you what, know I mean? what I mean? I do know what you mean. Yeah. And we're like, these guys love to chit-chat about the biz. They love to say, I used to do rigging on MASH. And, oh, man, we used to get in that stage 6.30 in the morning, and bang, by lunch we'd have to... And we go, I want to capture the mo- I want to capture that energy. And I have to do it with hidden cameras because they know they certainly change. You, yes. So we wrote this bit called Oh my god, there was a Portlandia that they did where they uh it opened forgive me, but I yeah, feel yeah. like you're gonna remember where you were in the story, or at least I do. I will. Um they're shooting a real life nerd mm-hmm. and it, and clearly the the conceit was just rant about yeah, how yeah. nerds yeah. aren't real nerds and you're a real nerd. Right. And uh, Fred and them made mm-hmm. it funny by keeping it real and having the guy in the rant be like, I don't know, this is a lot funnier in my head. Yeah. <laughs> and that's sort of how, that's yeah. the punchline. Yeah. Because to your point, like a lot of times you're just like, just just talk about that thing that you're most passionate about. Yeah, yeah. And then you get them in front of a camera, and sometimes it, it changes just totally freezes. Yes. So we just started rolling. Uh, and w- the bit was, these are two guys, it's a show called All Dolled Up. And you're going to be talking about the business. And as you're talking about the business, you're getting made up as clowns. We have two women in there, makeup artists, that are putting clown makeup on you the whole time. It's, oh, my God. It's awful. But they were good sports, and they, you know... But they didn't know the cameras were on. They didn't know the cameras were on for the first, like, 10 minutes. And then Eric and I came down and said, okay, action. And then they totally changed. And it's a little, you know, and then we told them what was going on and they saw it and thought it was funny and everything. They, it never occurred to them that there was, that they were being, you know, exploited for their stories because they just think their stories are interesting, you know? But Odenkirk. I dropped the mic yeah. cover my face. <laughs> well, they just think their stories are interesting. <laughs> but, you, I mean, it's the most banal conversation yes, yes. about, and the best thing happened that I was hoping because that. They were kind of bragging with each other. They were, one was kind of trying to one up the other with their story. Yes. Ah, I've done that. I've seen that. You know, I've done that already. You know. Can I? Isn't it funny not to dissect the goose? Yeah. But isn't it funny because that is just a lower frequency or different frequency version of what we're all doing? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Isn't it a way of laughing at ourselves? So we are. Oh laughing yeah, yeah. And at just how human beings are. Yeah, uh, yeah. But Bob, showing Bob that. And having him roll off the couch onto the floor yes, and crying, tears rolling down his face because it tapped into something we all knew and thought was so funny and it was so specific and also just insane because of the clown makeup and because yes. of who these guys were. Yes. You know, it's those moments. And I, would sh- I could show that to my own mother and she would smile politely yeah. and say, that's different. You know, yeah. like, ah, yeah, yeah. and it would just... So, of course, I understand that, geez, man, there's so many people that this is not for them, and it's not funny, so, and I get it, and I'm not trying to make stuff for those people. So, tell me, were you ever tempted, just as a business move, to work on your fastball? Like, you got a great change-up, and you got a great curveball. What I'm saying is, I hear you following your yeah, art, and right. it's really great. Yeah. 
at some point where you just like seeing some other ways of what I'm, what I'm trying yeah, to get yeah. at is really to celebrate the bravery that uh-huh. you had to be like, no, I'm just going to keep doing for lack of a better word, weird shit. Cause that's what I want to do. Oh no. But you never were just like, maybe I could just uh, write for how I met your mother. You know, well, like- I diversify. We diver- I diversified in lots of ways. I mean, I, we direct commercials that I wouldn't, necessarily put on my reel as being something i'm extremely I see. But that came later of. that came later yeah 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 it's came oh yeah I mean, early in the career were you ever like eric's over there going like and then hitler takes off his mustache <laughs> and it's a upc symbol right. and he puts it on a box of cereal and you're over there just going yeah. like you know what today a blazer and a brick wall and uh what's up with TikTok? No, sounds no, pretty no. good to me well no i i mean <laughs> There was enough of a tradition of what we were doing that I felt like, you know, we're in that league or we're in that tradition. You're playing so that sport. Yeah. We're playing that sport. So I would just say, like, let's just... We, we didn't really, like... Once Bob got into our lives so early mm. in our creative pursuit of this... How like, old were you? I was nine. <laughs> Subtract two years, so you're actually I have actually a great seven. dad joke for you, by the way, if you Can't ever want to use it, Get which it. is... Um, uh, if someone asks you, uh, ask me how old my how old my daughter is. How old is your daughter? She's about my age. That is. It'll you know work. what mine is? Ask what? me how old my daughter is. How old's your daughter? We don't know. Uh, that's good too. But then people nine times out of ten think that <laughs> means know. she was adopted. Yeah. And we don't know. <laughs> right, right. And Val. So now part She's of the bit is Val mine. going. Don't people don't know you're kidding, right? And I'm like, I think it's so. I do the same thing with what's your daughter's name. I go, we don't know. Oh, I think that's know. so funny. Because you just make it up. Uh, yeah, or I just, I, I feign like I'm trying to remember. It's, uh, hold on, it's uh, jo- Jane, no, that's her middle name. Um, <laughs> uh, is her middle name Jane? It is, actually. My daughter's yeah. middle name is Jane. Oh, wow. <laughs> her, her first name is Pete. <laughs> you are nonstop. One time when I was a kid, here's a story I've never told on the podcast. J-Caf, you remember J-Caf at Lexington High School, mm-hmm. sort of the nerd cafeteria where, where we ate lunch. There was a, there was a, I believe it was a very fine. Do you know what very fine is? You're from the East Coast. No, I don't know what very fine is. Very fine was a beverage company. Copy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is the funniest use of copy. 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 Hey, I'm set speak. I'm, I'm all 10-1 yes. and I'm all but copy. I say 10-PP. That's a dad bit you can <laughs> yeah. use too. Uh, and I say 10-poo-poo. 10 10-2 is... Uh, is is ten poo-poo. two is poo poo, but I like to say ten poo poo, yeah, because uh, it doesn't save the embarrassment. <laughs> anyway, I put a dollar into the very fun machine in JCAF. I hit, who cares, apple juice. Mm-hmm. The machine emptied out. It was just an error, and dozens and dozens and dozens. It's never, never before or since has a, a vending machine just been like, here's all of the drinks, and we're putting them on a table. Wow, kids are running up Bonanza. and just getting. It's awesome. Yeah. The little story I wrote, I think, for Reader's Digest, <laughs> like, well, you, to submit. At the time? At the time. Okay. So I'm like 14. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, this is quaint. <laughs> was a janitor came up, and we thought we were in trouble, and he just wanted one, which, of course, now you and yeah. I are like, but we saw the janitor as an authority figure. Right, so right, we were right. like, we're, we're, we're going to get yeah. busted by the janitor. Anyway, uh, you are that vending machine. That is how I feel oh, about talking with you. It's just like a never-ending oh, good. barrage. I thought I was coming with uh, no gasoline in the tank, but apparently no, I'm good. No, you're a true delight. I'm really enjoying this. Um, let's talk talk a little bit more about Bob, but I wanted to say this. 
Annie Kaufman, right? He's wrestling mm-hmm. uh, women, and the crowd doesn't know it's a joke. Yeah. And then he's fighting with the promoter or the the pro wrestler, and people don't know it's a joke. Um, you say you don't have a thick skin, but you do seem to be like okay. Mm-hmm. It's almost like those brains, like this guy doesn't feel pain. Yeah, I don't know if you're aware that like if I'm doing, I'll give you an example yeah. from my life. I'm on the set of HBO's Crashers. I, it's in the script that Pete is supposed to do a Crashers? F- it's a joke. Okay, sorry. Bad stand-up comedy, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. And one of our background actors walked. They left. Because the joke was that I was supposed to be getting worse and worse and digging myself right. in a hole mm-hmm. and talking about blowjobs, basically. Right. And I'm like, not that it's not really a job. You're sucking on a dick or yeah, something yeah. like that. Right. In a, like a daytime TV situation. Yeah. Literally, in between takes, an older... Black woman left, and it really hurt my feelings right. in, that in I disgust. had offended her. In yeah, disgust. she was. Yeah, she yeah. basically said like a shame on you and left. Not right. to me, but she said it and she left. Right. So you can. I don't know if you can see her on camera. Anyway, so I'm like, I can barely do this. It's in the script. Yeah. At one point, I trip and I go, "I'm tripping, I'm tripping, boo." Like, yeah. like, um, like an yeah. inappropriate appropriation mm-hmm. sort of like. Yeah. It's supposed to be bad. Yeah. I could barely do it. It seems like if you were me, I feel like you would have had an easier time. Or am I wrong? I would say I try to, I try to set the conditions where uh, mo- the most of the people understand what is supposed to be happening. Mm. So I'm not. It's not so much about a prank. It's about sort of the final product. Or it's so I do a bad stand-up character that I've been doing for a long time. Mm-hmm. I did it. Put out a special last year. And I've seen it live. I think I saw it. You must in have seen New it a long York, time ago. A or long time yeah. ago. Yeah. And I used to do it in front of sort of an unsuspecting audience. And that's that. Honestly, isn't that much fun because you feel it's it's a fight and there there's a there's an antagonistic quality to it that is interesting. But once I started doing it for my audience or people that were in on the joke, then it's fun for everybody. Yeah. But I'm then I'm just doing a I'm just doing a performance a character yeah. you know i'm doing uh i'm acting and it's a fun character to be to act as flailing and not hitting and and i've done it like i did it i opened up for amy mann years ago at, at a like at her christmas show uh up on on the road and it was not fun because her audience didn't want that yeah. they didn't care who i was yeah. you know and that was painful yeah. And uh, and fun for the people backstage. Eric and I once did this bit. It was a, Will Ferrell asked us to do this charity, um, and we did this bit called Diarrhea, where we would we wrote I wrote this song called Diarrhea, and it's seven minutes long, and all we see is Diarrhea, 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 and it's this it's just it's an Andy Kaufman bit, right? It's just over and over and over. And we wear these two, these, these, uh, we wear this unitard with these giant balls hanging between our legs. Like outside of the unitard? Outside or, of the unitard. They're, they're being There's no poorly penis. concealed. They're just this giant, these like two giant that. balls that go down to our knees. Oh, no. And if we did that in front of a 300, 500 Tim and Eric fans, it would be a joy. Yeah. Because it's just stupidity. They get that we're what we're doing. Yeah. They're doing what they yeah, do. It's them. It's yeah. them. Yeah. Down it's at what, the hoagie it's, shop. It's what we expect. Yeah. We were doing it for the fucking mayor and the sheriff. Uh, this guy, the sheriff Lee Belavacqua, whatever his name is. Sheriff uh, Lee Lee Baca. Lee Baca. Yeah, he was now in jail. With Han Solo. 
Is that a, no? There was a. It was what? Anyway, it was this big time. <laughs> the sheriff fundraiser. The it was a huge fundraiser uh, for something, and you know this Nick story, Kroll is on the bill, and this is it, making my butthole. Sweat. This is over like ten years ago, but it's all it's it's like a comedy show at a theater. I understand. With Will Ferrell. And I can't handle it. And Eric and I come out and do diarrhea, 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 diarrhea. We're running up and down the aisles, rolling, like putting our balls in people's faces. And the mayor and the fucking uh, sheriff, Lee Baca, is looking at us like, get the fuck away from me. And over backstage, Will Ferrell is having a heart attack of laughter because he thinks it's the funniest thing. And Jack Black and all these people are just thinking, oh, look at Tim and Eric. They're doing what they do. It's fucking hilarious. And it hurt your feelings? And everyone hates it. Yeah. And did did you sleep well that night? I mean, it it wasn't, you know, the worst thing. It was fun and dangerous in some ways. Here's... But so, so it's like... Would I, what would, what do I prefer the the uh, the fans who want to be there, or the fans that don't, or the 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 mayor and the sheriff? I guess I'd like the fans instead of the antagonism. The antagonism, because yeah. like, I mean, you can do that. I did that for a while, and it's 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 it, it, there is something fun about how dangerous it feels, but I I, I don't really think there's a lot of long term satisfaction in in making people feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? That in a way that, that they don't, in a way, like some people like feeling like there's a, there's a positive, uncomfortable uh, way to experience things that people are looking to as much as the same way you might want to do drugs, you know, but I don't want to get in your face if you don't want me in your face. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's not, that's, that's what, that's, that's like a very um, juvenile thing to do and to want to do. I'm going to pause it. I'm going to pause this recording. I'm, pause it a question? I have to tend to. Uh, no, pause it. A question, yes. Mm-hmm. Or a theory, really. Mm. The theory is this. I've done shows. I remember I did a show with John Oliver, and it was a bunch of, uh, it was like a veteran show, and he dared me to do this joke. It wasn't that offensive or something, but it was about Waldrug and how they, Waldrug is the oldest pharmacy in the country, and it's in South Dakota, and they have a, a sign that says um, free donut for Vietnam veterans. And my joke was very silly, uh, but it was like a couple things about that donut. Slow down, Sergeant. (laughs) Only one, please. (laughs) And then, and then I think the part that made it sort of offensive and I understand how this is offensive uh, was, I also just love the idea of, of a Vietnam veteran eating a donut and being like, you know, it was all worth it. Yeah. yeah. So that's not a great joke to tell for veterans. Right. (laughs) Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he dared me to do it, so I did it. And of course, it did a dirty death. And I always remember he was sitting in the front row, and he, as I started doing the setup, John Oliver stood up, kind of half stood up, and started waving his hands like, don't, don't do, do it. it. Yeah, don't do it. Of course, I did it. Mm-hmm. Because the key element to that story, not of course I did it, I thought about not doing it, but I was already in. <laughs> Yeah. Your, the key element that makes your story okay is Will Ferrell and Jack Black laughing their asses yeah. off. Yeah. Is there a time when you were doing it and no? Because those that feels like a trauma. Like if you're doing mm-hmm. your stand-up character or a bit that just isn't working and no one's even there to go like, but we know it was good. Like, is that, has that happened? I'm sure. I mean, I've done like, I did, uh, I play a lot of music too and I played- uh, Edit that out. 
I uh, I have a band. I, one of my music projects was a one and done album called uh, uh, Yellow the Yellow River Boys, and it was a like a Leonard Skinnerd style group that sang about drinking piss and being pissed on and being in piss clubs, and the whole album is that, and it's very well done in that. You would just kind of have it on the background and not really notice that it's about this, but it, but it's all just pissing and clubs. There's lots of clubs involved and rest stops and filling up jugs and and it's just filthy, disgusting stupidity and fun. But somebody years ago uh, asked me to play. He was some guy who worked for Kimmel. He's like, I'm doing this uh, guitar blues festival in Malibu. I want you guys to play it. And I'm like, this doesn't sound like it's going to be good. You know, a guitar blues festival in Malibu. You know, this is, <laughs> this isn't for, this isn't my, cr- this isn't my crowd, you know? And of course it's at some Mexican restaurant. Some, what why is it? Some Mexican restaurant. <laughs> of course it's at some Mexican restaurant. No, it's at some Mexican restaurant and it's all these like baby boomer. You change your tone that and, much. I know, I know. Well, but you know, it's not. It's, it's just. A, it, I could have said a German restaurant. It's, at, it's just at this fucking restaurant. You know, it's not like it's a. There happened to be quesadillas. Yeah, yeah. yes, it could have been I, Frankfurters. But uh, and it was just these like rich fifty-year-old, you know, people that were there to see like Eric Clapton covers. Oh my god! And I'm there doing uh, hot piss on the tip of my lips, <laughs> dribbling down my chin. And you're just like, no one wants that. No one there wants that. <laughs> Can I? And it's also, you know, those things where it's like, if there was a fifth, if there was a thousand people there, it would have been more fun. Obviously, it would have been better for me financially. But the fact that there's like 75 people there and it's fairly well lit. So it's like, I'm on the same <laughs> level as everybody, you know? I can see. It's not a dark bar. No, I'm, like, I'm looking at people's eyes. That yeah. Yellow gold. Yeah. yeah, I'm just looking in people's in like a 58 year old woman's <laughs> eyes, and then I get, you know, to make the band laugh at that point. I'm just saying, you know, fuck you. <laughs> what saying fuck you to the audience? Yeah, to the audience, yeah, <laughs> or something to that. If I don't know how, oh I was fairly God. like. In a rock and roll mode of just being like, fuck it, fuck everybody in this piece of shit place. Go home and rattle your jewels, you know? <laughs> what does rattle your jewels mean? Well, you know, just Jake? a jingle, you know, like this Malibu uh, scum. Oh, rattle here, your yeah. jewels, I see. So funny. Um, I wanted to say very quickly, one time <laughs> I did a private event. Val came with me. Val Kilmer? Val Kilmer was mm-hmm. there. And uh, we, sh- we wore scarves. And uh, afterwards, we watched, and his, the guy whose party it was, it was like, would you stay? My wife is going to sing a song. Oh, boy. And you, you would have been about it. Oh, man. We were about it. We still laugh about it. And, and it's, it's sort of mean because it didn't go her way. Right. But she wanted to sing, and I, I will always love you. Oh, no. But she, I know. And wow. she wanted to sing, uh, obviously, the Whitney Houston version, but the band started playing the Dolly Parton version. <laughs> and then she just sang it off and wrong and off tempo. And, and it doesn't even have the big, and, uh, right. which is why you want to do it. Right. And we're just squeezing ourselves. She gets off stage and, and he was like, that was great. 
And she was like, I didn't even get to sing my part. And we were just like, it was like your annex (laughs) barking. I I was just doing this this little acting job, and it's sort of like... Us too? No, (laughs) us too is a good name. (laughs) T-O-O. Them. (laughs) Um, This background guy comes up to me as if he knows, as the universe is saying, here you go. (laughs) Here's one. This guy goes... You know he's he's saddling up to me a little bit. He's an older guy. He goes, so will you do a comedy? You do comedy? Sort of like ice breaking with me. And within thirty seconds, I I'm like asking him, "What's your deal?" He goes, "I do comedy. I do impressions." I go, "Oh yeah, <laughs> what kind of impressions?" He goes, "I do uh, I do De Niro." I, All right, what do you got? You know, and it's shitty Robert De Niro. Hey, how you doing? It's literally like that. And then he starts he starts literally. I can't think of that, but he started doing just the most Columbo, you know, like just the most basic bad impressions. And then there's another person on the show who had worked with John Lithgow, right? And that comes up, and it was known that this person had worked with John Lithgow. And he goes, oh, yeah, I do a, I do a John Lithgow impression. Uh, what? No, you uh, don't. Let's see it. Uh, and he's just... <laughs> He doesn't. No, you don't. Have, he doesn't have a. Uh, 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 he didn't even have that. I mean, <laughs> I didn't know I. But I was just. I was giddy. I was like, "This is Christmas." Just fell in your lap. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was what I was going to tell you earlier. I was in the restaurant in Providence, and the waiter was about our age, mm. and I really feel like that's crucial. Yeah. But he was sort of looked like a stoner, like a little goatee, brown, brown long hair. You would have hated him. Yeah. <laughs> and we're eating, and he's telling us the specials, and for some reason, very teeny, it just seems so absurd that we live in a world where waiters recite specials, especially right. waiters that seem to be our age. Yeah. And we felt like we shouldn't be there. <laughs> like there were just four twenty-year-old yeah. people in a restaurant, and and I was trying, I was laughing, and I was laughing so hard and crying down my face that I was like, "This has to be weird for him." Right. So I'm going to stop laughing, yeah. stop laughing, yeah. and look at him. Right. You look at yeah. him. You, <laughs> you show, show him respect. Show him respect. Yeah. And I did. Yeah. And I, I, I finally stopped laughing, stopped shaking, and I looked up at him, and he went, "And that's baked in the oven." And I. Wow! Like vomited yeah. laugh, and that's baked in the oven, and that's baked in the oven. <laughs> we had a thing. I just Eric and I. This is years and years ago. That's we were, parking for me. We were at like a Marriott hotel, and there was a menu. It was a restaurant, and we were at the restaurant. And uh, Eric's a foodie, as you may know. He's always been a foodie, and uh, but this in was a there. long time ago. And there was a cheese plate on the menu, and Eric asked the waiter, <laughs> uh, "What's in the what?" What are the cheeses on the cheese plate? And I swear to God, this is what he said. Um, American, sw- uh, Swiss, cheddar. <laughs> I swear, it sounds like it sounds so hacky that that I swear that happened. Really, American. On the cheese plate here, all right. He took a he took a blind swing. In his mind, he thought, "What could it possibly be? What are the odds that there are more cheeses than the three cheeses I've heard of?" I mean, what what co- so, uh, waiter waiter? Uh, what what color is the sky? <laughs> waiter, uh, is water wet? Yes. I don't think I, I don't think I that hard. 
uh, on the pod. I'll have to do, maybe I could actually, because here's what I always think. So I go, maybe I could actually do stand-up. I mean, is it is it that hard to come up with crap like that? That is, that is a solid bit. If yeah, that was my, if that was that my down story. And work on, I, you'd use that for, you'd have that in your act for 10 years. Well, let's not. Uh, <laughs> I, have a, I have a higher turnaround yeah. than that. Uh, but yes, no, if I, would, I was on stage, yeah. I, it's a little bit tricky because this is why I love podcasting. There's no better venue for that story yeah. than you and me trading times we laughed right. and just perfectly, I know. circumstantially, it, it, it ended the with the best The stakes of that one. being in a stand-up act is just a, it doesn't it gets less funny if i go one time i'm at a restaurant right. and I sw- you know what you do with the, uh, an observation a story like that is you have to put it in another thing where yeah. you're like it's like the time like right. it, it, or you use it to illustrate something i mean the else. problem that the problem i've had for a long time is is i operate in satire and in parody and in, in forms yeah. that don't that really are fairly strict so if i'm I can't vacillate between a, an actual good story and a bad yeah, story. That's right. You know what I mean? You can't just be like... Except for formats like this. And on Office Hours, my podcast, where I can... It can go wherever yeah, I want to go, which is, what, which is I'm happy to be. <laughs> which <laughs> I'm ha- happy to, to, do, to have that. Yeah. Because I've, you know, as we all do, we all contain multitudes. That's right. And the older you get, you're like, like... I always well, you're have this... 47? Seven, yeah. <laughs> I have this thing that, like, if Andy Kaufman, going back to Andy Kaufman, if he had lived, he would have dropped his shtick within five, ten years. You know what I mean? Yeah. It would just what he would. Out of, he was in his mid thirties, or maybe it was about time to hang. It, it was up. about like, all right, I've gone enough. I've done that now. Now the new move is to now you get to know the real Andy. Yeah, yeah. Or something, or like some that. new version of yeah. something. It would not have kept going. He that would have way. been. Yeah, and that's what I found myself. Uh, you know, several years ago, being because it was very much like, do not live outside the personas of Tim and Eric. Do not reveal anything about yourself, and then yeah. that just gets like exhausting and boring. I I say it many times. Pick your persona well, and all you want to do is pick a persona that allows for you to be yourself. For it to shift, uh, shift or, yeah, and, like and, the Beatles. And, and, and I'm not trying. I'm not like trying the Beatles to or Dylan. Radiohead. Those guys for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, Jeff Goldblum. Crazy. Uh, yeah. Look at your uh, very nice plaid <laughs> shirt. Very good. Where's um, Eric? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Just, yes. just saying things love, yeah. you sort of know. Oh, mm, yeah. Candle. Usually with Eric. I, I, I've worked with Jeff a bit. Yeah. And uh, it is like a guy that just arrived on planet Earth. Yep. Wow. Look at this. <laughs> okay. So, were we sitting? What is this? Uh, we, and this the, is hot? Is this going to be hot? Am I going to... Oh, wow. It is hot. With the we candle. Bend the legs mm, and sort of recline. Right. It's rest. This, right. <laughs> That's very Very good. suspicious of everything. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> okay. I do a John Lithgow. Ah, 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 ah. I couldn't believe I found a Lithgow. Do you... I'm going to just ask it. Here comes the softball. You're sh- like I, we're going back to the feeling. My compliment of it is like being stoned to me. Mm-hmm. What 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 is weed in your life? Are you a weed? Not really. I uh, did you used to be? Not really. I, uh, I never had much luck 
with it. Uh, <laughs> like it, it's it, the ladies? Yeah. Never had it much just, luck with the well, weed. I never like got, whoa, so stoned. It was great. It was always like, I got so stoned and I felt like I was uh, on the edge of a cliff and I had to like hold on to the, you know, the railing. I felt yeah. like I was going to die. Yeah. It was always those experiences. Now, lately I've been able to use it recreationally when I want to maybe like just go to sleep or- Use it. What's yeah. useful about it? <laughs> Son of a woman. We're about the same age. Oh, oh, have you seen oh. Tim and Eric? Awesome job. My friend does the perfect Good. Al Pacino. You're listening to the perfect Al Pacino. The key to it is... Don't bring your high, fucking it's got, friend. It's got to be higher than... Oh, that's if you oh. want to do it accurately. Yeah. Um, so, no, I just like, you know, now you know... See, I'm, I'm shooting the air I'm not the a other casual, way. like, I'm, you know, there's people, there's people we all know that are just like, puffing away on this stuff and they can i'm waiting on. for the mad men about our time where it's just going to be an absurd joke that people yeah. are like ripping so much and and, I, and I hanging out with their kids at the park and eating two 10 milligram gummies and you're yeah. like you realize that there's going to be a mad men about this time yeah and I, it's not nothing yeah I, I i don't i can't operate like that and it, i would never use it creatively like we yeah. don't use it for, we people go you must have been so of course yeah. that's the that's, that's why i was like i don't i hope i know you get this all the time but i like that you're look i do have a confirmation bias i enjoy that you're not getting so because i don't like that people think comedy is something that you do when you're like wearing a shower curtain for a dress and falling down the stairs yeah that's yeah. not what it is right it's deliberate it's designed yeah there's a pers- there's like a it's a workman's quality to it you're like dylan i'm like dylan I think you have to work be, to get the inspiration. Like you sit down and work. Sometimes, I mean, oftentimes, random things come into your head, and mm-hmm. that's great. You're grateful for that, and you hope that always happens. But then you have to actually develop those things and right. see them through. And all the I way feel through. like weed is the. La- I, I was just watching uh, the new Blade Runner, uh, which I enjoy very much. And there's a scene where they get a big break in the case, and the police chief is in the, her office, and she's just slugging back two two fingers of whiskey, and I'm like. That's only yeah. in movies, right? Where people are like, "We got to crack this case. Yeah. Let's have some whiskey." <laughs> That's true. <laughs> like, and comedy yeah. writers being like, "Let's get baked and what? Fall asleep?" There's some yeah. exceptions. I, I guess the cocaine. I've never done that, but like the that idea of like the accelerants might be of some use right. when you're being creative, like right. to get through certain things and to keep well, you focused. Well, that's what nicotine but, and caffeine and all. Yeah, those things. I, I I drink a lot of coffee in the morning, and I I, th- I do find coffee to be a very creative uh accessory in my yeah. life yeah you know? yeah no it i helps. hear that what about psychedelia um you know I, I i did it in high school i did uh acid and mushrooms in high school and i i had uh, some great experiences and i had a bad experience i think the bad experience basically just, just swore me off you and, retired yeah it's like but now that i, I mean i go back to uh that thinking about that and I, I'll tell you the story, story quickly is um, Lollapalooza, 1994, little half tab of acid, beautiful day, all kinds of great fun stuff, being at a big rock festival. Uh, and I experienced the Smashing Pumpkins, and that was very good. We were way back. Then it was time for the Beastie Boys, and I received a joint from a stranger. Mm. And smoked the joint. Beastie Boys started. World ended. You know what I mean? Like full panic, full panic attack. Like holy shit, fuck. And I like always, visually did it kind of just, melt away, or just the just feeling? feeling of like I've had know. that with one hit of pop. I think. Yeah, and and so yeah. 
not that I'm rushing out to get a tab of acid, but I always, my, my experience from that was always, I can never do acid again, but it was probably this fucked up joint. Yeah. It was probably this, whether it was a bad, bad weed or just too much weed or it could also be blending could, with it, what you ate. Cause the time that that happened, angel to me, dust in there. I don't absolutely. know. Yeah. So I've always sworn off psychedelics. Now I just got in the mail cause they sent it to me like this mushroom psilocybin, uh, low micro dose gummies that are Who's going around went? right now. What? The publisher's clearinghouse. They're sending no, some uh, some companies sending. Uh, they're not just they 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 have a. Uh, I don't want to say their name because I don't know, but it's like they're 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 super low dose. Uh, yes. Psycho- but is that psilocybin. it's not legal? I don't know if it's technically legal. It is in Portland. I is it? There's well, certain the, places that are yeah lightening up. It looks all legal. It looks yeah. all like designed and professional, and you know oh, it's wow. it. And I I was trying that for a little bit. I didn't really, frankly, honestly notice any any subperception. Yeah, they say it in, in, increases your uh, you know attention span and yeah. all that good new stuff. new connections but, in your brain. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I would do I would do mushrooms again in the you know in the desert with my uh, eight year old daughter. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, you've you've over delivered, so we don't have to belabor this. But at the end, we always talk about the meaning of life. Did mm. you know your Wikipedia page says you're both an agnostic and an atheist? Uh, we did this spoof of the Joe Rogan podcast the other day that <laughs> is kind of blown up, I have to say, which is nice. Yeah. It's nice when things connect. And we, this guy, Rajet uh, Suresh and Jeremy Levick, two absolute stars, up-and-comer guys, really funny. And we did this parody of the Joe Rogan show that went on for hours and it was the uh, the whole just talking in circles and never really getting anywhere and just <laughs> bullshit psychobabble. Uh, and one of the things Jer- uh, Rajet said was, um, you know, I'm an atheist, but I believe in God. I was like, that's really funny. And I can't believe I haven't heard it before. Like, I'm an atheist, okay? But I believe in God. Like, <laughs> that is... what. Is this that you know? is like a new way to shake a hand? Yeah, yeah, like you yeah. didn't know there were new ways yeah, to fun. shake a hand. So That's it so says that funny. on my Wikipedia. Oh, I, I wouldn't consider myself an atheist, I would say I was an agnostic. I mean, I was a, Catholics are always agnostics, you know. Yeah, no, that's true. So you were raised Catholic, raised Catholic with a, a lapsed Catholic home. It was more for like, hey, you know what's a better school? It's better, yeah. like foundational stuff, Christmas more than Easter, like, a little bit, yeah, a little bit of that. I hear that. Definitely, my dad said at some point, like, you don't believe in hell, do you? I mean, me? or, no, I mean, um, my dad said that to me, oh, saying, that's like, great. You, what do you think of hell? Not, not He wasn't accusatory. He was yeah, just yeah, saying, yeah. like, I thought you were saying it to me. And by no. the way, I actually think that's kind of cutting it to the quick because I am a spiritual person. Yeah. And when I, I, I'm trying to do a bit about this right now. By the way, I'm wearing my wedding ring on my pinky to remember to ask Val if I should, if Get I can divorced. use her story. <laughs> you are a true treasure. <laughs> You're starting to move it from like off your hand, like going from my ring finger to my That's pinky. That's how she knows she's in off. trouble. Yeah. Sweetheart. <laughs> starts on the You're pointer on the pinky. every day. You're on the pinky. Yeah, yeah. It starts on the pointer every day. <laughs> You're on E. Oh my God. You are a true treasure. The very fine sodas are just coming right out of JCAF tonight. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, I'm trying to do a bit about how I I believe that God is a metaphor for a mystery, meaning we all believe that we're in a... We can all sort of agree that we're in a mystery, and God is one of the metaphors we use to kind of give the mystery shape so we can like mm-hmm. talk about it, tell stories about it, that sort of thing. Yeah. So when I meet other people that believe in God, I actually 
usually am a little bit repelled. Because I'm a spiritual person, right. people will be like, hey, I, I'm, I'm a Christian, yeah. Yeah. and I'm actually af- more afraid right. of them. I, I, that's not always true, but a lot of the times I'd rather talk to somebody that's just kind of like, I don't know, man, I, I, we don't know what's going on. Um, that All that being said, do you have any... So safe space to believe, share anything. Yeah. Do you think there's anything going on? Is it all nothing, or is it possible that we just don't know? I think it's safe to say we don't know. Uh, I my personal theory or guess on it is that um, you know the the human beings have developed a story to explain their surroundings so that they don't kill themselves or go insane which is another theory for art by the way yeah which is it, it, it's a self-defense mechanism it's a survival technique because if you because as intelligence develops your uh, understanding of meaning increases and your your logic and all these all these you know intellectual tools develop and it's the the direction that leads in is an awareness of of nothing mm-hmm. and so you have to counterbalance that with a with with, a, meaning. with with meaning meaning making but there's no real evidence that it actually exists but it makes sense that we would need to develop that to avoid the, the sort of uh you know dark dark view the of dark the reality of the soul, yeah yeah all i'm totally with you the thing that i the reason i'm in that camp of like these are these are important symbol stories and and traditions or whatever is because, and I just put this to you, in the Old Testament, for example, God says his name is I am. Mm-hmm. So it's this idea that God is amness, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So like, consciousness. Yeah, yeah. So we are aware. Sometimes, so a joke I wrote down recently, I'll never do it, is that I think it's funny that we're like pens and we dip our ink, we dip our pens in the ink of proof. The proof is consciousness. Yeah. And the consciousness exists. And we dip it in the ink of proof. And with that ink, we write, there is no proof, which right. I think is really funny. Yeah. The, I mean, the thing that's noticing that there is no proof is the proof. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Or am I just, uh, should I say it in I, I a British accent? I don't quite follow it. Um, what I'm saying is, tell me the again. Mechanism... I'll actually listen this time. Go ahead. <laughs> Starting to think of dinner. No. Sorry, I'm on um, an old, old ship over <laughs> go ahead, here. Please go try right. it again. <laughs> no, 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 no I understand. For my sake, not for you. I'm saying the phenomenon that we often call God mm-hmm. and the mystery yeah. is the mystery of awareness, of consciousness. Absolutely. And the consciousness know, that Did we you have. you get the light, by the way? He, he's, le- mm-hmm. he's letting me know that it's been 90 minutes? It's been okay. longer than that, hasn't it? Wow. I love that you got the light. I get a light at night. <laughs> but, uh, light ahead, me at finish 90. Finish this thought, please. Consciousness is the phenomenon. And consciousness is the mechanism through which you're using your brain. You have yeah. like consciousness mm-hmm. pushing through your brain and, and right. looking around your brain and finding stuff. Yeah. Consciousness is what notices your hunger, your thoughts, yeah. your feelings, all that right. stuff. And we use our brain that's powered by consciousness to say there is no proof. But I'm saying the thing that's looking right. for the proof is the proof. Is the proof. That's that's my that's why I hold on to my symbols. And it and it might all just be chemical and biological and not outside of that because what else is there is is there something outside of consciousness? Well, I that that's interesting what you're uncovering very smartly 
is my belief that there is something outside of chemistry that it just is consciousness. And we right. are chemical biological beings that sort of tune into that. Now mm-hmm. we're getting into yeah. some woo. But like I'm That's saying, just a, let's uh, just call it being. Right. Being exists. You exist and I exist. Yeah. And that is that is the proof that something's going on that we don't understand. I'll accept that for the sake of me getting out of here. <laughs> you I'm are a true delight. No, I, uh, Can you tell me what's on the cheese plate? <laughs> Cheddar. Whiz. Whiz. What year is the whiz? Cheese whiz. Uh, yeah. What year is the whiz? Aged Can whiz. I see the can? I wonder if uh, cheese whiz ever messed around with like aged whiz. This is our aged cheese whiz. You know... <laughs> Rich, like crazy rich people. You know, rich little, right? A little bit, yeah. Oh my god! I mean, I've, I used to do clubs with him. Yeah. One time, I did a show at the oh, Hollywood I know rich. Forever Temple. Yeah, rich people. I'm still going to tell you. Yeah. And I'll never forget it. The guy that was there was just just a very eccentric looking mm-hmm. guy, and he was talking about ceremonies that they do there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if any of this is true because I just have a face that says like, "Go scare that guy." Yeah. <laughs> And he showed me, like, they were like, I don't know, he said that they were burning money and all these, mm-hmm. like, devilish things. Right, right. And it did sort of spook me. The most devilish thing you could do is get, like, an aged Gruyere and put easy cheese, like, cheese whiz on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, eat it. I feel like that would open a portal. Why does burning money scare you, though? That's a little, that's, that's, uh, that's a whole other tangent right there. Come on. I mean, let's burn it. Burn it. Burn it all. <laughs> He's like, they were doing really freaky things like burning money. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is really funny. Jesus. But he had the hundred. He had a hundred. An uh, by the way, that was not like an anti-Semitic thing. Because I started doing a Woody nope. Allen voice. Oh. And I realized, I was like, this is now, it's oh, not what I, I want to talk. It's I not, see. I'm not going I didn't hear the, the, the Woody. I Jesus, didn't hear you, I mean, you, you didn't race. Is it gotten to the point my where My friend Tom Sharpling does this impression of, of now 80-year-old Woody. And it's I don't so think people that are 80 are good. New movies going to be coming out soon. I think people that are 80 are better than they've ever been. <laughs> and that's a two-hour well, you think maybe callback. Woody's like sort of slow down or something? Yeah, yeah. no, I understand. When I used to play baseball, I like the New York Dodgers. <laughs> that's a top sharpling bit, not my bit. <laughs> okay, so we'll cancel him. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I feel like because of his Anyways. life. Um, <laughs> what were we saying? I was just bringing it in. God is good. <laughs> <laughs> no, God is being. Being is. Um, life is good. Have I you love ever that seen brand. a ghost? No, no, no. Alien? I, I, didn't we? I did this on my show. That I, I'm just very dismissive of the idea of ghosts. Fucking ghosts. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of no here. Ghosts. What do you think? There's a what am I in like a Abbott and Costello movie? Ooh, a ghost! Get out of here with your ghosts. There's no ghosts. It's ridiculous. I oh, that's true. I actually think there are really ghosts. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> ghosts! You roasted me with God is good. <laughs> yeah. I said, What were you talking about? And you said God is good. Uh-huh. You are a scoundrel. I'm a bad guy. You're a bad guy. <laughs> You're not a bad guy. But you are, 
I feel like in a Western, I see you in like a white suit and white gloves. You're like All a right. guy and everyone's gruff and there's this like unexpected, <laughs> funny, white suit, white glove guy. Like I'm going to write oh, that let's part develop for you. It. <laughs> white gloves in a Western seems like it's uh, hard to keep clean. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My bet right now is... No wonder they're shooting each other. They're dehydrated. They, they ride across <laughs> the, the desert on a horse, and then they funny, have a, a whiskey. There's a, there, this new Beatles documentary. There's you never see a, a sip of water taken in f- 15, 15 days. It's yeah. tea and wine and beer and water and was things, like nineteen ninety. Water, no one's drinking water. Nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, I, that was one of my earliest bits. I never performed it, but I was like, if I went to a friend's house for dinner and they served water, I would be like, what is this? The <laughs> Dust Bowl. <Yeah. laughs> Like, now you're like, where's the water? Yeah. We need water. Yeah, what are we going to do if we don't have water? If like an hour goes by, like, I'm going to start dehydrating. I came home from basketball and chugged whole milk. Like, that was just (laughs) what we were doing in the 80s. Yeah. Um, Well, this is great. You didn't see a ghost. Have you ever almost died? Yep. Tell Uh, it. Spill it. I mean, you... Spill it. I was uh, stabbed in the back, for real. Oh, yeah. By by who? Hollywood legend. um, By by Bob Odenkirk? No. Uh, I was literally stabbed in the back by a neighbor uh, who was on PCP or some some stuff like that. Um, uh, yeah, so it's a bit of a long and winding story, but um, well, not I'm not a good ending of the podcast story. It's certainly oh, well. a Googleable though. I'll give it a Google. Yeah, <laughs> you'll see the the scars. Yikes! Pretty bad. And you know, I didn't. I would. I mean, maybe there was a minute or two where I was concerned for my life, but luckily I was. I was. Uh, quickly attended to by a by a someone at a bar. I ran into the you know Akbar right up here on, mm-hmm. on, on. I ran into Akbar, and luckily uh, he ran in after me with the knife, and uh, the bouncers took him out. And a a woman was working there was a nurse, so she tended to me until the ambulance came. Wow. This was about fifteen years ago or so. Oh wow! Yeah, she's about my age. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to start opening with that question. Because uh, that sounds like a good story. It's a, it is a good story, but uh, do you know the guy now? Is that uh, how you met Eric? <laughs> no, I know. Uh, I haven't seen him in years and years. I knew the family pretty well. I knew him. Oh, because he was your neighbor. Yeah, he's my neighbor, and yeah. he just had a you know he he woke up in or he came to in jail, being like, "What's going on? What happened?" Wow, it's one of those deals, you know. Wow, it's like fuck. Wow. Poor, I felt bad for him as you know he took the wrong thing and lost his shit. I took the wrong drugs in the wrong order. Yeah. Tom, Tom was, was succession. Oh, Watch succession. Yeah. Yeah. Most great recent great, one. Said, took great show. He drugs. took the wrong drugs. Yeah. Cause he's in mad the, that oh, yeah, Greg yeah. is happy and he's and like, he I'm said, not uh, happy. Yeah. At the end he goes, uh, I'm going to be up for a while. Yeah. I'm going to be <laughs> yeah, up for a while. That's very funny. Um, well, you're a delight. Thanks, I really, Pete. I really enjoyed this. God is good. Um, <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm not going to live down that I feel like you feel like I evangelized to you. And that's okay. Thanks, Pete. Thanks You're, for having me over. You didn't didn't negate it. No. <laughs> and uh, appreciate it. Very loaded. Um, no, thank you very much. We have the guests say, keep it crispy at the end. Uh, it's just how we end. Keep it crispy. No question. Let's get room tone. Hold for room tone. <laughs> what if there was a ghost behind you? Just no. be real. <laughs>